Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So we go on with the day. About an hour later, calls again. Like, other staff members are like, we're getting these emails. I said, we do not have a lawsuit. I said, if we did, there would be a public filing because lawsuits are public. I said, there's got to be a filing. So I said, when you find me the filing, that's when I know we have a lawsuit. I go right back to doing my work, everything going on. They pulled up the filing, and when I saw it, I said, ooh, we have a situation. I said, does this say United States? I was like, we got a federal court case? And she was like, yes, by Edward Bloom. I said, huh? She said, yeah, the same conservative legal strategist who stopped affirmative action back in June? I said, yeah, I remember. At the Supreme Court level, she was like, that's who's suing us. This is another arm of the fearless brand, just living my life out fearlessly. Hey there, I'm Arian Simone, the CEO and founder of The Fearless Fund, and a woman who believes in living a fearless lifestyle. Through this podcast, you'll get to hear stories of the time I've spent in Africa, being crowned as an Ivorian queen, fighting a battle that can affect millions, but also the stories of our special guests who are living legendary. It's time to tune in to the Fearlessly Living Podcast. You guys are tuning in to Fearlessly Living with Arian Simone. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Today, we are talking about my companies (laughs) being sued for alleged discrimination. So I'm going to walk you guys through this journey and... There's a documentary about this journey, too. Lord, going to have a media field 2024. So August 2nd, 2023, this is a regular sunny day in ATL. Nothing different about this morning. I found out early morning that I actually was booked to do Gail King's show, CBS Morning Show to talk about our Venture Capital Summit coming up. So for those of you guys listening, if you do not know me, I am Arian Simone, CEO and founding partner of the Fearless Fund. The Fearless Fund is the nation's first venture capital fund that is built by women of color for women of color. And, oh, before I get into August 2nd, I'm going to have to give you background. So I started this business due to the disparities that exist in venture capital. Also, if you're listening, you don't know what venture capital is, it's pretty much just changing, exchanging cash for ownership. The best visual I can give you all is Shark Tank. You walk in, you say, hey, I'm looking for $500,000 for my business. I'm willing to give up 10% ownership for the money. That's basically what it is. It's exchange from cash for equity, cash for ownership. Shark Tank, like I said, is the best visual for it. That's what I do day to day as far as a career is concerned. Well, I've always wanted to be the business investor I was looking for. Since I was a very young girl, I've always been into business. And when I was in college, I was actually raising capital for a mall-based retail store. 
And I saw that none of the business investors looked like me. And I said, Arian, don't worry about this whole investor landscape. Because one day you are going to be the business investor you are looking for. And that one day just looks like, it looks like the fearless fund today. That's what that one day looks like. Um, we are backed by a host of corporations, Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, MasterCard, PayPal Ventures, Costco, General Mills, so many others. We started off with a concept fund of $25.8 million. It took us three years, y'all, to raise. Usually people raise three to six months. Now, in addition to having a venture capital fund, I also founded a foundation, the Fearless Foundation. And at the Fearless Foundation, we award grants and we hold education programs. So you got two businesses, Fearless Fund, Fearless Foundation. The foundation, grants, education, the fund itself is an investment vehicle. Back to August 2nd. Just a beautiful day in ATL, similar to today. Just gorgeous, sunny. Book Gail King that morning to talk about, um, to go on her show to talk about our Venture Capital Summit. All excited. But by afternoon, things shifted. Sitting at my desk in my sunroom, in my office, in my house, I work from home. And I get a call from our, our ED at the time, and she said, Arian, there's reporters reaching out to our staff um, asking to comment on a lawsuit. I was like, a lawsuit? I was like, oh, girl, because they're getting emailed. I said, that's, that's chat GPT. Just, just keep going back to work. Like, I was so calm through this whole process. And she was like, I don't think this is chat GPT. I said, uh-huh, they got this thing going on right now. They can email you, and it's going to sound real. They can do your voice. I said, we invest in tech. I said, they got artificial intelligence out here. I said, don't fall for the okie doke. Don't click nothing. I said, just like we got those emails back in the day where they say, oh, send your African cousin $10,000. I thought it was one of those. I said, don't you touch that email. It's going to get a virus to the computer. So we go on with the day about an hour later calls again like other staff members are like we're getting these emails I said we do not have a lawsuit I said if we did there would be a public filing because lawsuits are public I said there's got to be a filing so I said when you find me the filing that's when I know we have a lawsuit I go right back to doing my work everything going on they pulled up the filing and when I saw it I said we have a situation I said, does this say United States? I was like, we got a federal court case? And she was like, yes, by Edward Bloom. I said, huh? She said, yeah, the same conservative legal strategist who stopped affirmative action back in June? I said, yeah, I remember. At the Supreme Court level, she was like, that's who's suing us. I said, oh, no. I text Ben Crump emergency call me I get on the phone with everybody I can think of from like advisors legal and mind you this is being announced in the press I was like I'm finding out in the press that we have a lawsuit I was like this is a bit much like we had no warning no anything and nowadays I guess they could serve you via email 
But I hadn't been served yet. I guess they were hitting up random emails. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is happening. Trying to think of where to take you all next on this story. But it was it was very disturbing because I was like, alleged discrimination? I was like, are you serious? So I'm reading this filing, y'all. And it says, or claiming we're in violation of the ni- Section 1981 of the 1866 Civil Rights Act. I said, see, this is still a hoax. I said, the only civil rights act I know is 1964 Dr. King. So I go Google, and I see that there was really a civil rights act of 1866. And I thought to myself, well, the only thing I can think about around 1866 is really 1865 when slavery was abolished. So I look up this civil rights act, and I see what 1981 is, and it was a law that was put in place for non-white people to enter contracts. And I'm like, oh, this was the law to help give black people economic freedom after slavery? And they're trying to flip it on his head? I said, we really have a problem. I said, we we have a serious problem. Y'all, everything was moving so fast. I can't even give you what happened next. I think we're probably in the war room by, by that night. I mean, things were happening so fast, I realized that One, we're going to have to pace ourselves and take our time through this because these people have been studying us for longer than I even knew they existed. So at this point, I'm like, wait, you've been preparing for me for probably a year or however long I'm finding about you today. So this is truly a lesson of having smart people around you is essential to your success. And I really want to drive that home for anybody. Um, Another lesson that I could say I learned before I just get into the depths of this thing being a whirlwind is so often when we're planning our lives and we're picking people or aligning ourselves with people to be a part of our lives, we pick people according. Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. According to our dreams. And we really need to be picking people according to our crisis. And I say that because things in life happen and everybody cannot handle everything. And that is just the truth. When everything is rosy and beautiful, we pick like It's almost like you're fantasizing. You pick all of that according to fantasy. And you want to make sure that you align yourself with partners and partnerships that can definitely handle conflict, handle controversy. That if you're stuck in a black alley, these people are going to be ready to defend you tooth and nail. Like You want to make sure that you've surrounded yourself and just insulated your life with people who are truly there for all seasons, because this thing was no joke. My life changed in that moment on August 2nd. I went from being literally a VC founder, um, just a businesswoman, to having to be a public figure and a face for women and civil rights without even necessarily choosing this. What I can say is I had started my book September 2022, 
so wild. And with my agents, I told them that I was picking up the mantle in the intro of the book where Dr. King left off for economic justice. So much that you can literally go back to my Instagram and see when I was doing the, the King tour. And I did it many times as a kid growing up, but I went back as an adult when I realized that working in the space of racial equity is economic justice. Working in the space of producing the next black and brown billionaires and multimillionaires is all about economic justice. And I was like, I'm working in civil rights 2.0. And I had this whole revelation and this epiphany a year before and then boom, August 2nd just thrust into this space of being on the front line, not by choice, but by force, <laughs> um, for equality and equity. And this was a lot. So I can't remember what date I, I got to New York, but things, I'm trying to think of what I can say and cannot say. I had to leave my house, I'll say that. I had to leave my house for a little bit and take a so-called vacation. And luckily, due to my resources and my connections, I was put up by a well-known billionaire at their compound. And I was able to just have the luxury to decompress while all of everything around me is going nuts. And I'm on the ocean um, on this compound, I'm having chefs prepare meals and just being able to just take in nature and take in fellowship and take in their family. Oh, gosh, I'm at five already. Good. <laughs> and I'm on this compound, and we're in the Hamptons, and then I'm like, okay, I got to get ready to get, do Gail King. So at this point, Mind you, I was already booked for Gail King before the lawsuit. I was going on Gail King originally to talk about our event, our Venture Capital Summit. Of course, now that we're sued, the producers, of course, have changed the nature of the show to the lawsuit. So I'm like, okay, let me just mentally get ready for this. But I had just an amazing time, you guys, at this estate. So this is when life is just moving so fast that I can't even give you the day-by-day day play because it was so much happening at once. Gail King happens. Great, great show. Same day, press conference. Same day, attorneys sign on to the case. Same day, it was just back to back to back to back to back stuff. Press after press after press, outlet after outlet. And things were just moving really, really fast. And I don't like when my life feels out of control. There were so many people that were just even trying to align themselves with us just for their own personal mission. Not necessarily for the mission of being on the front line for black and brown people, and even just people as a whole. Because what is at stake that I need everybody to be aware of is so, so much. This lawsuit is not about the Fearless Fund. This lawsuit is about economic freedom for all and that being taken away. If the Fearless Fund does not win the case, anything that is race-based is 
eliminated. So if you all remember when it came time for affirmative action being taken away from the colleges, there was only two colleges that were in the case, UNC and like Harvard, but it affected all. Same theory here. They are using us as a baseline case to try to eliminate anything that is race-based, any type of set-aside, any type of program. So you're talking about the scholarships that minorities receive, gone. You're talking about minority certifications for their businesses, gone. I see your face, Life. You're talking about anything like that, gone. There are people at their jobs that work under a minority mandate. They don't know if they've been hired under a minority mandate, gone. Anything of that nature, gone. This is a very big issue, and we need everybody to sound the alarm that this is even taking place. We have to win this case. And the people suing us take the time to want to do federal lawsuits because they want a Supreme Court ruling. They want it to be law. And right now, the Supreme Court is extremely, extremely conservative. So we need to make sure that we have sound the alarm, that everybody's aware this is taking place. And everybody, whatever your stance is on it, you need to speak up. The sad part, no, I won't say the sad part. The interesting part about all of this, I actually want the same thing that Ed Bloom wants, the person who's suing us. I want the same thing he wants. A world where race does not matter. I want the same thing he wants. But guess what? That is not the world that we live in today. So these programs exist to get us there. These programs exist due to these disparities. Once we get to that place, cool. Then there's no need for them. But the programs exist because there's a need for it right now. So we got sued on August 2nd. We got three things filed against us. How are we looking? We got a preliminary injunction, a temporary restraining order. I thought temporary restraining orders were on people, not on businesses. I was like, what? And in the case itself, the complaint. <clears throat> so you're looking at three different things. Preliminary injunction, temporary restraining order, and in the complaint. So the TRO luckily got withdrawn. We ended up getting a court date to go to court September 26, 2023 for this right here, the preliminary injunction. September 26, we go to court. It is just victorious. Our counsel did an amazing job arguing the case we showed up and showed out. Family and friends came in town to support. It was such a beautiful, like, day of perfection and justice. We were like, yes. Well, shortly after, which we knew what was coming, because the plaintiffs said it right in there that they were going to um, appeal. So we knew the appeal was coming. What also was interesting in that courtroom, though, they have a case that's, like, citing the KKK Yes, and like defending something that took place. I was like, I know they didn't think they were going to come in here and argue on behalf of the KKK. Like, that's how bold these people are. I said, what is happening right now? So there is, this room, y'all, is so heavy right now. We go to court on this. We win. This gets appealed. So we go from the district court now. Now, all this is public information. You can go look this up, which is why I'm able to talk about it. And... The appeal gets granted about, mm, it was days, not even a full week. Days, it was an emergency appeal. Days later, 
we lose that, not the full appeal process. You basically appeal to go through the appeals process. And they get granted the appeal two to one. Two judges said, go through the process. One said, no. You all can look up who put the judges that said go through the process in position. So we are in the appellate court now for this right here. I still haven't touched this. We have not done anything about this just yet. So the appellate process is where we're at. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Right now for this. And we have to go to the appellate court for oral arguments regarding this. So send up a prayer. I'll tell y'all, we need three P's. Prayer. Pens at the petition and paper. We need some cash. So you all can go to Fearless Foundation and please donate. The people that are doing this against us, they have over $1.5 billion for their cause. What do we have for ours? It is dollars that show the support. That means that is not one person behind that movement. That means there are many people behind that movement over there. We need dollars to stay operating. We need dollars for this whole experience. And we're in the business of raising capital all the time, whether it's for the fund or the foundation. We're fundraisers. So dollars are needed for us to do the work that we do to just exist. We have been financially impacted by this court case due to all this. Our investors, our donors, they received threatening letters right before we got sued. They've received threatening letters after we've gotten sued. Everybody has not stayed, stayed 10 toes down, just flat out. People start running. Mind you, we're dealing with big corporations. They are risk adverse. People start getting scared. And I'm like, whoa, this is what I mean by aligning people, yourself with people who are there for your dreams and your crisis. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Aren't y'all the same people post-George Floyd that has something to say? that put up some cash? I said, you need to be more scared about not meeting your commitments that you made in June of 2020 than you are these people sending you these threatening letters. I said, because these threatening letters is imaginary smoke unless they're going to do something about it. But that June 2020, I said, no, the black community needs to stand up and say, y'all got to have to cash out on every single thing that you said right here. And that is what is needed. That is what we need you all to sound the alarm about. They are scared about these conservatives sending these letters. They need to be scared about people who are not pleased with you not filling your com commitments that took place post-George Floyd. We got to balance out the scales here. So there is that. Yeah, I'm very passionate about this subject, and it just is what it is. But we've got, we're going to have to sound the alarm because we are in this appellate process. And I'm going to tell you right now what victory looks like. It may be an appeal, and it may be straight at the Supreme Court. There is that possibility, and we have to be ready for that. I need everybody on the sound the alarm motion because when that affirmative action thing took place, it happened and it was over. There was nothing people could do. I don't need anybody sleep at the wheel right now. Everybody needs to be driving, and driving with direction, with purpose, and clarity that people are trying to take away your economic freedom, that people are trying to take away your options, you need to be fully aware. I was just speaking at the National Black Caucus of State Legislators on this panel for urgency of equity. 
And I said, people don't even realize that there is no discussion. We were talking about reparations and we were talking about equity. And at the very end of the discussion, I was so happy this lady stood up. She said, what you all have to be aware of, all this legislation you guys wrote about reparations, it's null and void if the fearless fund doesn't win because it's race-based. They're trying to use this as a precedent case, a baseline case, to eliminate anything that is race-based. So right now we're in a preliminary injunction about a black grant that actually MasterCard, it's there, it's there the, um, we're the fund administrators of this grant program, the Fearless Drivers Grant Program, that they are alleging that we're, they're claiming we're in violation of something. Anything race-based is at risk if we do not stand up. I need everybody to stand up for this and sound the alarm. It is that important. So be sure to post, share this with the friend, share this with whoever, but everybody needs to fully know what is at stake and what is going on. Because if you stop billions and millions of dollars from getting into the hands of women and people of color, you will cause a serious disruption to the economy and it will be a serious disruption to many people's lives. Everybody needs to be aware. Well, if you like this episode, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Thank you. See you soon. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.